0: The free online Issues Etc. Journal. Just click the red Journal subscription button at IssuesETC.org.
1: I do want to talk about the issue of abortion, which is important to a lot of voters all across the country. Just this week, women in Idaho and Tennessee, I don't know if you saw this, filed suit against their state saying their lives were put at risk after they were denied abortion services because their state's restrictive laws put in place after Roe was overturned. So my question for you, Mr. President, is how is it acceptable in America that women's lives are at risk, doctors are being forced to turn away patients in need, or risk breaking the law? Ready? A
0: little bit of a long answer. I hope you have time.
1: I hope you have time. Okay. I'm here for so as long So you have Roe v.
0: Wade. For 52 years, people, including Democrats, wanted it to go back to states so that states could make the right. Roe v. Wade, I, I did something that nobody thought was possible, and Roe v. Wade was terminated, was put back to the states. Now, people pro-lifers have the right to negotiate for the first time. They had no rights at all, because the radical people on this are really the people, the Democrats, that say after five months, six months, seven months, eight months, nine months, and even after birth,
1: you're allowed to Mr. terminate the, Democrats the baby. Democrats aren't saying that. I just have to. Say, Democrats are not saying that.
0: Well, it turns out the Democrats actually are saying that why it is that Krista Welker speaking there with President Trump Sunday on Meet the Press felt the need to insist that they aren't when they are consistently and repeatedly talking about abortion on demand for any reason up until the moment of birth. The president had that right. Did he have something else wrong when he spoke on Meet the Press about abortion? Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. Joining us to discuss President Trump's abortion comments on Meet the Press, Molly Hemingway. She's a Fox News contributor, editor-in-chief of The Federalist, author of the books Rigged, and Justice on Trial in a recent column titled NBC's Kristen Welker Lied Repeatedly About Democrats' Extreme Abortion Position. Molly, welcome back.
2: Great to be here with you.
0: Who is Kristen Welker?
2: Kristen Walker is an American journalist who just this week took over as the permanent host of NBC's Meet the Press program. That is a program that for a long time was hosted by Chuck Todd, who's a liberal activist who moderated that program for many years. And she took over and has had a lengthy career for MSNBC and similar outlets.
0: Overall, what did you make of Kristen Walker's questions to Donald Trump on the program?
2: Yeah, overall, she had a problem with how she handled the interview. Now, from her perspective, the people that she cares about, who are also in left-wing media, think that it's wrong to interview the sort of presumptive nominee of the Republican party, the guy who was a previous president and might be a future president. They think that that is wrong and journalistically indefensible. It's hard to explain that position, but that's kind of how far left many people in our media are. So she handled the interview by asking questions and then when President Trump, former President Trump, gave answers she didn't like, the interview was pre-recorded. So she would stop the interview and then she would insert her own so-called fact checks where she would either say things that were factually inaccurate or just not responsive to the things he had said. So for instance, she says he made some reference to how Biden's DOJ is going after him by indicting him. And she says, well, there's no evidence. She'd stopped it. And she said, there's no evidence that Joe Biden has ever directed Merrick Garland to indict his foremost political opponent. And that's just simply not true. In addition to President Biden having repeatedly said things about hoping that people would take up legal efforts to prevent his top political opponent from winning re-election, he also laundered that pressure campaign through the New York Times in April of 2022. I mean, that's not a small publication. It was very obvious to everybody what was going on. His top aides said that Biden was very frustrated with Merrick Garland because he had failed to indict Donald Trump and therefore keep him from running for office. And just all sorts of things like that where she just didn't seem to understand basic facts. She was pushing a conspiracy theory that I didn't actually realize people held to until this interview where she, Seemed to believe a highly disputed account that Donald Trump had wrestled a Secret Service agent to the ground on January 6th. That was a claim made by someone. It wasn't even a claim made by someone who claimed to have witnessed it. She just claimed that she'd heard through a friend that this had happened and the people in question had disputed it. But Welker believed it and she seemed shocked that President Trump disputed the claim that he had wrestled a Secret Service agent. And he seemed shocked that she was believing this but you know that that kind of gives you a flavor for the interview
0: when the subject turned to abortion what were the assumptions apparently behind welker's questions
2: right so abortion made a big part of the debate that she had with president trump and right out of the bat she revealed her own pro-abortion bias by asserting that intentionally killing an unborn child in the womb is sometimes medically necessary. That is a talking point from radical pro-abortion activists. And so she said, my question for you, Mr. President, how is it acceptable in America that women's lives are at risk? Doctors are being forced to turn away patients in need or risk breaking the law. It gave you a an indication that she wasn't actually looking to have an honest discussion about abortion law but was doing what so many other people in corporate media do which is pushing a fairly radical pro-abortion position
0: given that exchange between welker and donald trump what is the objective fact about democrat support for abortion pretty much on demand
2: yeah it's an indisputable fact that democrats support abortion being allowed in this country through all nine months of pregnancy. And you have very recent evidence in support of this. Just last year, the Senate was given an opportunity to vote on a bill. That bill would have forbidden laws protecting unborn children at the state level and would have allowed abortion through all nine months of pregnancy. Precisely one Democrat senator voted against that, and that was Joe Manchin. The year prior to that, the House voted on the essentially the same bill. And only two democrats voted against that even people who claim falsely to be pro-life like tim ryan of ohio voted for that bill you have states like new york and california that have celebrated passing of bills that allow abortion through all nine months of pregnancy so when trump or other republicans say that democrats have a radical position on this it's very much outside the mainstream of american thought they're correct and kristen Walker was wrong to falsely claim that Democrats don't support abortion on demand through all nine months of pregnancy.
0: How did Trump respond to Welker's question about Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signing that state's heartbeat bill?
2: Well, in a word, poorly. President Trump's primary campaign strategy for the Republican primary is to attack Ron DeSantis for everything he does including, and sometimes especially for the really good things he does, the really good policy proposals he has. Ron DeSantis was one of many governors who signed a bill banning abortions after heartbeats can be detected in unborn children. And his legislature passed that, and it was presented at his desk, and he signed it. And Kristen Welker asked him what he thought about it, and I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was something like, I think it was terrible, and I think it was a terrible mistake. Now it's clear, and this is actually one of the problems with his answer, he's answering, he's discussing things from a political standpoint rather than a moral standpoint, but it should be said that morally speaking, it is never wrong to protect unborn human lives and heartbeat bills, such as the one passed in Florida. And there are a few other States that have these, they have saved thousands of children's lives. And that is a good thing. But he's also wrong even if he's just talking about it politically, because politically, it is not a terrible mistake to pass heartbeat bills. It is true that with the overturning of Roe v. v. Wade with the Dobbs decision, the right to set abortion law has returned to the American people at both the state and federal level. And there are certain states that are just rabid in support of abortion, states like California or New York, They pass legislation to say that abortion is allowed up to the moment of birth. There are other states that are more pro-life and more in line with the civilized world, which allows protections for children at different ages or stages of gestation. And Florida is one of those. And the governors who signed those bills, and that includes like Mike DeWine of Ohio and Bill Lee from Tennessee and Texas Governor Abbott and Brian Kemp in Georgia and Ron DeSantis, they all faced re-election shortly after signing bills that protected children at various ages, and they all won reelection. And Ron DeSantis won by nearly 20 points. So whether you're speaking morally or politically, it is just wrong to say that pro-life states are making a mistake in passing pro-life legislation. And I worry that Trump is giving aid to people who are politically averse to doing the right thing on abortion law
0: so why would trump call the heartbeat bill a mistake
2: having spent that time bashing what he said it is also true that what president trump was trying to do in this debate was position himself in the middle between democrats radical abortion position and a complete ban on abortion and politically speaking that is not the that is not the stupidest thing pro lifers have to decide right now whether the proper political approach is to be complete abolitionists or to per- pursue incremental change this is a long standing pro life dispute and you have you have some pretty vigorous fights about this throughout the pro life community going back 50 or more years where the question is do you say in a principled manner we will do we will not support any killing of unborn children, or do you push for as much protection for unborn children as you can? And much of the pro-life movement has actually pushed for incrementalism. And that has served them, well, I mean, it's what they had to do, frankly, under the Roe v. Wade regime. But also just politically speaking, the vast majority of Americans support protection for unborn children at some point in the pregnancy, but they're not where most pro-lifers are in in where that protection should begin. And so that was one of the things president trump was trying to point out and this is what my piece is really about is how much kristen welker lied about this fact but he was trying to point out how radical democrats abortion position is and kristen welker repeatedly lied and did defense for democrats to hide the reality of their support for abortion on demand for any reason at all whatsoever through all nine months of pregnancy
0: the consensus Seems to be that abortion is a political loser for the GOP and a winner for the Democrats going into the general election. What do you think?
2: Well, it's not such an easy story. It is true that in certain states, like Michigan, for instance, the Democrat governor made abortion a centerpiece of her re-election strategy. And she had a lot of weakness in many ways. She was one of the worst lockdown, lockdowners during covid hurting people's right to live their lives as they wanted in any number of ways from shopping to church to going to school. And she won reelection pretty well and had a lot of funding focused on abortion. But as I mentioned, there were other states where governors and legislatures passed and signed legislation protecting unborn children. And some of it was you know, much better than anything you've seen in, in many decades, like in Texas and Florida. And those governors won reelection easily, and it was of benefit to them. So it's not, it's a state by state thing. And that is a challenge for a pro-life political party, which the Republican party claims to be, about how to message in an environment where it is an issue that motivates not just activism, but a lot of donor dollars in support of abortion and killing of unborn children. And the other side is still kind of figuring out its strategy. I understand why people are pushing for something like a 15-week ban. That is supported by a majority of Americans. It's opposed by a minority of Americans. So it's a political winner, and it's much better than the messaging that's going on currently, which is that the Republicans just want to harm women. So Republicans will have to figure that out, but they need to figure it out in a way that protects pro-life states passing pro-life laws as well. We're talking about President
0: Donald Trump's abortion comments on Meet the Press with Molly Hemingway of Fox News. Why did pro-lifers support Trump in 2016? We'll answer that question next.
3: Register today. The 2023 Lutherans for Life National Conference is October 11th through the 13th at the Holiday Inn Cincinnati Airport in Erlanger, Kentucky. The conference includes visits to the Ark Encounter and Creation Museum. Online registration is open now with early bird pricing at lutheransforlife.org conference. Lutherans for Life, equipping Lutherans and their neighbors to be gospel-motivated voices for life. lutheransforlife.org this week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we are rolling right along in our adventure in Acts with Eutychus raised from the dead, Paul to the Ephesian elders, parts 1 and 2, Paul lands at Tyre, and Paul makes his way to Jerusalem. Da-da-da-dum. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendors.org or your favorite podcast provider. Defending life from beginning to end. You're listening to Issues Etc. If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Dr. Russell Dawn, President of Concordia University, Chicago. Indeed, the quest for truth is at the core of a university's purpose. The liberal arts, illuminated by the revealed truths of Scripture, are powerful for equipping students for a life of self-governance. A disciple is one who follows the master. So what does it mean to follow Jesus? He said that it means to take up one's cross. The cross is thus the symbol of dying for others, of dying to self for the sake of serving others. And a life of service is a life well lived. Truth, Freedom, Vocation, Concordia University, Chicago, cuchicago.edu.
0: Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. We're talking about President Trump's abortion comments on Meet the Press. Molly Hemingway, editor-in-chief of The Federalist and author of a column titled NBC's Kristen Welker Lied Repeatedly About Democrats' Extreme Position on Abortion, is our guest. Folks, the 2023 Lutherans for Life National Conference begins in about three weeks in Cincinnati. The theme is Fearfully and Wonderfully Made. This year's conference includes visits to the Creation Museum and the Ark Encounter, Learn more at lutheransforlife.org, lutheransforlife.org. Molly, why did pro-lifers largely support Trump in 2016?
2: That's interesting. What happened in 2016 was very different from previous years where pro-lifers tended to try to pick the most pro-life candidate, meaning the person who they believed personally was the most pro-life, and then worked really hard to get him or her elected. What happened in 2016 was there was a lot of suspicion about President Trump. Carrie Severino and I wrote about this in our book, Justice on Trial, where President Trump at that time, candidate Trump had previously talked about his support for abortion, kind of claimed to have changed his view, but people weren't sure if they could trust him. And the various pro-life groups were a little scared about Donald Trump, but he returned a pro-life questionnaire put out by the SBA list, which is a pro-life advocacy group where he didn't just sign their requirements for what it would take to get their support, he added to it further protections. It really surprised a lot of pro-lifers and they took this gamble and it was something they were particularly gambling on once he won the nomination and they had to decide whether to invest their support of him to do a transactional kind of thing. They would get behind him and he would, because of their support, be beholden to them somehow and it worked out really well for pro-lifers it's the first time they've done that kind of transactional thing rather than just trying to look into a candidate's heart and discern who has the purest pro-life heart even if they don't actually do anything on behalf of the pro-life caucus in this case president trump claimed he would nominate originalist justices to the Supreme Court. This would be people who would acknowledge the reality that there is no mention of abortion in the Constitution and therefore Roe v. Wade was wrongly decided. He did that and he did that under some difficulty and it ended up being a very big reason why Roe v. Wade was overturned with six justices voting to overturn that in the Dobbs decision. He also did other things. He had executive orders that he signed to Advance pro-life causes, some of which had been done by previous Republican presidents, he did something no Republican president had done prior, which is attend the March for Life in Washington, D.C. and give support to the pro-life movement there. So unlike what anyone expected in 2015 and even 2016, President Trump ended up being the most pro-life president in history. And one of the things I would encourage him to understand, though, is that because it's kind of transactional, That doesn't mean that that support is there for all time. Overturning Roe v. Wade allowed the pro-life movement to really begin the fight to defend and protect unborn human lives and the lives of mothers who are carrying those babies. It didn't complete the fight. Now, people at the state and federal level can work to pass legislation that helps their cause. And so if President Trump thinks that he'll just be able to rest on his laurels, and they are impressive laurels, I understand that, but if he thinks he can just rest on the laurels and count on people to continue to support him, he should reconsider that, even as he's pushing for a more politically salient way to talk about this issue in a very divided country.
0: How important was then-Senator and then later U.S. Attorney General Jeff Sessions' list of prospects for the U.S. Supreme Court? in garnering that pro-life support for Donald Trump?
2: Well, it wasn't actually, Jeff Sessions did not have that much to do with it. We wrote about it in Justice on Trial, the people who were involved with that. It was another thing that President Trump did differently than any prior presidential candidate. So previously Republican presidential candidates would say something like, I will nominate justices in the mold of, you know, and then they would say the person that they like, like Justice Thomas or... Justice Scalia. And what President Trump did differently is he actually came up with a list that would be the list from which he would select. It was a commitment. And again, this is really how he gets a bunch of pro lifers to support him. And one out of four of his voters, according to exit polls, vote for him because he put together this list and pledged to nominate from it. And every single one of the names on the list, you know, people had their own rankings of who was better and who was worse. But that It was generally just better than any Republican presidential candidate had done before. He should probably think about doing that again, by the way, and also think about maybe doing that with cabinet nominations, just because he has been kind of hit or miss on his political appointees or was in his first term. But that list was huge, and it took a lot of work from various conservative groups. That includes Leonard Leo of the Federalist Society and Don McGahn, who became the first Trump White House counsel and was also the general counsel for the campaign. They did a lot of vetting and effort, and it worked out really well. I mean, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Barrett were key votes on that overturning of Roe and other decisions.
0: So you started down this road a moment ago. Does Donald Trump have the pro-life vote locked down?
2: Yeah, I think that, you know, you look at the polling and it's not even really close. It's kind of funny to see people talk about it like this isn't the reality that we're living in. Donald Trump has a huge lead over everyone else. And you just need to accept that reality. Even I'm not saying it's over, but that's just the situation as it stands. I think though that in a state like Iowa, you could see people ask for more assurances before they caucus for him or you might see Ron DeSantis be able to get some of that support that had been given to Donald Trump. So it's probably pretty solid for Trump. I think this was an unforced error that you could potentially see some movement on in a place like Iowa. In New Hampshire, probably not. Probably it's the, it's about the same as it was. But there are certain areas where, and just, it's just a good reminder, actually, for people who care about a given issue to keep demanding things of a politician and not let them just take anybody for granted. That's true for pro-lifers, but it's also true for other special interest groups as well.
0: So how how significant do you think it's going to be this answer that he gave where he's trying to, some people would say he's trying to strike a happy medium there, given his track record, and it's impressive his pro-life track record in terms of accomplishments as president. How likely do you think it is to move the needle, especially in places where the early caucuses and primaries?
2: Yeah, I have a couple of thoughts on that. First off, I will just say that when I first heard about this debate, all I heard was the answer about how Ron DeSantis signing the heartbeat protection bill was terrible and a terrible mistake. That made me very angry, as you could hear from what I just said. But when I watched the whole discussion of abortion, it was much more nuanced than that awful answer. So how much it affects things will probably relate to how much the Ron DeSantis team is able to make hay about the the really bad portion of the answer versus the whole answer. The whole answer was probably pretty compelling to people, including people who are pro-life. And so I, I don't know. I also wish the country were in a better place than we are so i do care very much about this issue is is obvious and i want to live in a place that protects women and their children and that supports women and their children unfortunately we live in a country that really likes killing unborn children and treating women horribly using them and abusing them and that is also a reality that people who care about unborn human life and the lives of mothers need to deal with because we are are in a culture that is kind of becoming more pagan, we embrace the ending of lives of unborn children. And so that means that the answer might be more politically palatable than people who are pro-life would wish. That what Trump was saying there, that he will not be as extreme as the Democrats who want abortion on demand through all nine months of pregnancy. And I have something to say about that too, that we didn't get into about the indisputable fact that they support that. So you're saying, I'm not like that crazy people, but I'm also not like those people who want to ban all abortion. And people who are pro-life might say, hey, what's so wrong with wanting to end all violent ending of unborn human life in the womb? They would be right. But politically speaking in this country right now, All the polling suggests that americans are very supportive of protecting unborn human life after about 15 weeks it gets more difficult prior to that so that's also an issue that trump probably knows and he's probably playing too
0: with only about 30 seconds will there ever be another tim russert in the mainstream media the long-standing host of meet the press
2: no that we are fully embracing a corporate media environment that is open about its advocacy on behalf of Democrats and against Republicans, and on behalf of certain issues like abortion. That's always been the truth, that they've been pretty supportive of abortion, but they're just being much more brazen and open about it. That's why they need to be called out when they lie, such as lying about Democrats' actual position on abortion.
0: Molly Hemingway is a Fox News contributor, editor-in-chief for The Federalist, author of the books Rigged, and Justice on Trial in a recent column, titled NBC's Kristen Welker Lied Repeatedly About Democrats' Extreme Abortion Position. You can read it at our website, issuesetc.org. Click talk on-demand archives. Molly, thanks. Thank you. Tuesday on Issues Etc. we'll discuss using questions to answer Christianity's toughest challenges with Greg Kokel. And we'll look forward to Sunday morning, according to the one-year lectionary, talking with Pastor Peter Bender about Jesus raising the widow's son in Luke chapter 7. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for listening.
3: Listen weekday afternoons to Pastor Todd Wilkin and guests on Issues Etc. Issues Etc. is a listener-supported program. Your financial support is vital for the continuation and expansion of this worldwide outreach. Our mailing address, Issues Etc., PO Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also donate at our website, issuesetc.org. Issues Etc. is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio.